0: So folks, um, we're going to continue our series which we began a number of weeks uh, uh, unashamedly stealing uh, lots of information here from this book here called The The Emotionally Healthy Church which is wonderful and uh, thanks mate, that is a right result. Technical issue, I couldn't get my notes. Back on cue, here we go. I hope that you are finding this current series beneficial. (laughs) Please remember to stick the course. Commit to coming each week or listen online to the teachings if you miss them. That's how I write my notes. That's brilliant, isn't it? I can't, I'm so glad that it kind of comes out a bit better than the way I write it. But there you go. So yeah, I mean, journey life with us. I, I love it that so many of you are really, really engaging with this stuff. I know because you're telling me and you're telling others of what an impact that it's having on you personally and your life and your not only your emotional life but your spiritual life as well. And that is absolutely fantastic. If you, if you aren't able to come each week, we would encourage you, get listening to it online. That would be tremendous. Chantelle spoke last week brilliantly on leading or living and working and uh, coming out of uh, brokenness and vulnerability. And I want to talk this morning about receiving the gifts of limits, receiving the gifts of limits, of staying within the boundaries in which God uh, has given to us. And... Um, I know that over the number of weeks, some of you, you know, as we've, we've got close to the bone, right? And there's been times when the pulse has started to raise, you're right? And uh, the palms get a bit sweaty because you just know we are, we are getting quite up and close and personal with stuff. And I want to reassure you this morning that on the, the pulse-raising scale, this morning's talks are three or a four, okay? That's out of five. But um, it's not, it's out of 10. So it's, it's slightly easy. You can relax, you can relax. You, you don't need to grip your husband's hand just as tightly this morning. Uh, so that's that. But we would encourage you. I do know that stuff is, is kind of coming up and all the rest. And I've said this every week. And I'm going to say it again this morning. Is lean into Jesus and lean into community. Don't run away. Things are kind of surfacing. That's often the Holy Spirit. And allow him to lead you and say, what, what do you want me to do about it? He's the one who heals, but we need to respond. What does that response look like? And I want to uh, ask Elaine just to come briefly, just to share with you uh, something that could be really, really relevant to you and for you.
1: Okay, um, as Paul said, um, part of being human um, is that along that pathway we get hurts, habits and hang-ups, and thankfully that includes every single one of us sitting in these seats. They look differently for everybody. Um, they can be past hurts and relationships um, that um, I have to team up with Paul in this way. bit. Sometimes we say, "Ah, oh, but that didn't affect me. <laughs> but unfortunately it comes out in different ways. It can be habits where something has just got a grip on us. No matter what it is, or how serious you think it is, or the world thinks it is, um, there's a promise for you in that. And actually, in my life group, we um, looked at this verse on Wednesday night, and it says this, When the Son, and that's Jesus, sets you free, you are free indeed. And there are loads of verses in the Bible that you know, promise you, and I can tell you that that promise is true for you. But as Paul said, you have a part to play in that. I would love to stand here and I'd love to be a person who's read that verse and experienced it like that and experienced the freedom. And there are, it happens, miraculous things like that. But for many of us, it's a journey. And God, in His mercy and grace, has given us a church family to journey that journey and to help us claim that freedom. And one such way we want to help you in that as a church and as a family, is offer you the opportunity to um, to go to a course called Celebrate Recovery. It's a group that will be starting quite soon. And as I've said, it is a group for all kinds of hurts, all kinds of habits, and all kinds of hang-ups. I would really encourage you to come before God and say, Right, Father, if you want me to get freedom from this thing, I'm going to take action. I'm going to put feet to it. And one thing that I can promise you from the years that I've journeyed with God is when you put feet... And when you say yes, and when you decide to do a bit of action to it, the Holy Spirit will step in and God will bring those claims of freedom true in your life and release you into everything that he's given you. So if you're interested in inquiring about coming, it's a safe environment where you will journey with people in total confidentiality, where you will journey the scriptures and the promises of God and bring release to your life. Then please come and talk to Steve at the back. If you don't know him, stand up and wave. (laughs) Or to myself, um, and we will talk about it to you. But please, I encourage you to think about it.
0: Good skills, well done, thank you. So the year is Christmas, 1986. I'm 13 years of age. I was born in 1973, and um, I, I received the first of many at Christmas time. It was the 1987 Guinness Book of Records. And I loved it so much that thereafter, until I was 38, I received the Guinness Book of Records from my mother. And uh, that's not quite true, but for a number of years, I loved it so much that she bought it, God bless her, every single year. And I was absolutely captivated by this book over Christmas. I couldn't put it down. It's just absolutely brilliant, and I just love reading all the records, who was the tallest person in the world, who the fastest was, how far away in space we've ever been before, Um, freaked out by those awful photographs of those women with the really long um, nails. You've seen those ones, like after a while they start curling, you're like, man, how do they function? How do they function? This is completely off the wall. I remember I remember getting the bus down to Dublin uh, uh, holiday this year. This woman had these old fake nails there. And I watched her eat a packet of crisps. It was so ridiculous. I was like, girl, just have normal nails. How awkward it must be. She kind of got them out. It was like only the skinny bit. The, the, what is it? it Pringles. Pringles. It was Pringles, yeah, out of a tub. And she's kind of getting them out and kind of like trying to put them in without these big daggers coming out. But So I was absolutely fascinated with the Guinness Book of Records and all the different um, things, how mankind has kind of stretched the boundaries and gone on and gone on. And we owe a lot to our previous generations, and especially in the world of science and technology. We would not be where we are today if it wasn't for the gifts of people that have pushed boundaries, have gone beyond the impossible. I actually want to talk about The contrary of that, the opposite of that. And that is actually living within the boundaries or the limitations that God has given us. And we pick it up right at the beginning of the story uh, in the Garden of Eden in Genesis. The Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. The Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil for when you eat from it you will certainly die right at the very beginning the garden of eden work it take care of it it's perfect in every single way but that one tree just that's that was the beginning that was a boundary that god was putting in place for mankind and as we read through the story of the bible we get numerous other boundaries and limitations that god puts in place for mankind. Not because he's a killjoy, but he's wanting to protect us and he's wanting to protect other people. And so there very clearly are lots of do's in the Bible and lots of don'ts in the Bible. And it's the gray areas in the middle that we have to try and figure out uh, using the do's and the don'ts. But yet there are many, many boundaries and things that God puts in place and it's for our protection and uh, the protection of others. And we would do well. We could apply this principle right here this morning as we unpack things to do with our sexuality, uh, with money, with possessions, and uh, relationships. But this isn't necessarily a specific talk on any one of those subjects. Rather, we want to talk much more broadly as we focus on the limitations within church life and how we get on. So a question... Ponder this just for a moment. What does God expect from us? Let's word it slightly different. What would God desire from us? Just ponder that. Chew over that. And put simply, I think really it's to love him. To love others. And it's a bit of a bonus if we go make disciples along the way. Two, great commandments. Three, great commission. That's it. But he doesn't intend to kill us <laughs> along the way. He doesn't expect us. That, yes, there are times when we kind of go beyond the call of duty. That's one of our phrases, or one of the um, cultural phrases, isn't it? But he doesn't intend to ask. Um, over and above what he has made us for. His yoke is easy, his burden is light. And those of you who know, you'll know the well-known parable of the talents where um, this man entrusts, it's a story, it's not real, it's a story that Jesus tells. Three different sums of money entrusts to different people. To one he gives five, to another three, to another one. And really the talents, they were sums of money, they invested them, But the the parallel, the analogy used in that was really representing responsibility or influence or gifting uh, or a combination of all those things uh, to those people. It was really a story about faithfulness, about doing and living in such a way that what God has entrusted to you. And so God has entrusted us with um, things to do. And if he's entrusted you with three talents, you're to live within the boundary of three talents. Not four, not five, not six, whatever. It's to live within those boundaries. Jesus knew what it was like to have limits. Jesus, uh, whilst he was fully God, was fully human. And we don't know of any miracle or anything that he did in his previous 30 years uh, or his first 30 years of, of lifetime. Within the three years that we know most about Jesus, when he went on mission and he went doing uh, the kingdom stuff and everything that he uh, set out to do, um, he did not always do everything. He lived within the boundaries set before him. How do we know that? He did not heal every sick and demon-possessed person. He did not build the great church in Capernaum. Even when the people there begged him to stay. He would not allow certain people to follow him. He only chose 12 people uh, to follow him. And no doubt others would have been disappointed. He did not run after people that deserted him. He lived within boundaries. And when all was said and done, when he did everything, he says this. He prays, I have finished the work you gave me to do. He knew his limits, he knew the boundaries, and he knew the capacity in which to work um, in. And yet our culture resists this, doesn't it? It resists the limitations. We have phrases like, the world is your oyster. You can be what you want to be whenever you grow up. You can do whatever you want to do. It's like there are no boundaries, just go and go. And it's a trap that leads us to burnout, to disillusionment, and to collapse. After all, we're only human. So I want to kind of now just bring this to kind of what does it look like within church life. We as leaders set the tone. I get excited with new things. Uh, Those of you who know me well, you know that I get bored easily. And uh, I like uh, seeing new people, meeting new people. Uh, I love hearing stories of what God is doing in you and through you. And I love developing new facets or new uh, aspects of church life. I love it that we're on the move. You know, it's like we're on a journey. We're not going to set camp. And if we set camp, we're not camping for long, folks, because we're going to pack our bags. We're going again because it's always ever moving and ever changing. And uh, I need to be cautious at times because I know that I could put my foot on the accelerator too hard and, and, and take things and take us in a direction almost too quickly when we're, not gift, when, we, when we're not resourced enough in order to do the very things that I think God's leading us into. I will give you an example. Um, Steve... Um, and Elaine, they head up our compassion ministries, and they are doing a wonderful job with that, uh, as are many of you who are involved in those things. And uh, we, we appointed uh, Steve, We uh, the, the, the board of directors of the church, appointed Steve full-time uh, in September, and uh, that was to include this area of compassion ministries, which we've sort of bolted onto everything else that he does. And... Um, And at that point, in my mind, I'm being honest with you here, um, I I was just like, that's fantastic. Now, we're going to have loads and loads of compassion ministry, loads of groups happening there. And in my initial conversations with Steve, I was almost like, I'll be honest with you, there was part of me, we're paying him now, so I'm expecting to see stuff happen, mate. And that was in the back of my mind, and I, I hope I didn't articulate that too much. And and in my conversations, because part of what we do within leadership, within the church, is we we use the word coaching, which is, I think, quite a nice way of sort of saying, we're we're championing you to fulfill the very best that God has for you and what you're doing. And we're very much interested in in the life. So in our time that we hang out and we drink coffee, uh, we do work as well, by the way. um, I sort of saying, no, what's happening, what's coming up? And I, I realized that I had to kind of rein myself in a wee bit. And Steve is much more um, thought through than I am, gathered. And, and, and he sort of said to me a phrase um, we're doing as much as we can, sort of thing. We're doing what we can with what we've got and the resources that we have. And he's absolutely right the visionary part of me would be like oh man we could do this and why don't we do that and then Steve will say we haven't got the money we don't have the people yet because we will at some point and we will get there but it's learning to go at the right pace at the right speed within the limitations that we have I'm so glad that in our church everyone gets the play it's not about the paid professional doing everything. It's about all of us pitching up and doing the things that we are meant to be doing. There is a wonderful story uh, in Exodus where Moses, he's just led approximately 2 million people out of slavery. They're on their way to the promised land. And it takes them a while. But during this time, Moses, as their leader, is acting as a judge because there's lots of disputes. You imagine, you imagine two million people, they're going to fall out from time to time. There's going to be various things that they're going to get upset with each other. And there was a, there were. he was just acting as a judge. There were lines of people coming to him with their dispute and he had to basically hear it out and then say, uh, that's what you do. And he had, thank goodness, he had a really wise father-in-law. His name was Jethro. And he says this, And the next day Moses took his seat Uh, to serve as judge for the people. They stood around him from morning till evening when his father-in-law saw all Moses was doing for the people. He said, what is this that you're doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge with all these people around from morning till evening? And there's a break. And then it says, what you are doing is not good. This is the NIV translation, by the way. It sounds really message-like. It's so plain and simple. I love it. But this is the NIV What you're doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me, for I'm going to give you some advice like any good father-in-law would do. And may God be with you. And he basically says, says, select capable men. Let them do the job. And you free yourselves up to do other things that you're meant to do as well. And it's much like what we read in the Acts of the Apostles. Do you remember that passage? It's, I'm guessing it's halfway through, maybe a bit before 10, I think, no, 7 or 8. And he, basically the, they're coming, the, 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 the poor are kind of grumbling, they, want, they, they need their, the food provisions, and the, uh, the apostles basically designate other people to do that role of ministry of caring for the poor where the apostles were able to devote themselves To the teaching of the word. It's called spreading the load. Now here's the thing. Every single leader in this church would be prepared to stack the chairs. To clean the toilets. To do anything and everything. No job is beneath or mundane or any of those things. But the point is this. That we are all called to do our bit. And to spread the load. The last thing that we want is burnt out uh, leaders or burnt out uh, just people within our church. Leaders must care for themselves first. We must look after uh, who we are. And it is our responsibility to put on the oxygen mask first before anyone else. It is important that we do that. And that we don't lead out of a place of rushing, stress, anxiety. Otherwise, we do a disservice to others that we lead. Can I say at this point, it is okay in the life of our church to say the word no. It's okay to do that. We don't want anyone to be doing something out of a sense of duty, out of a sense of guilt, or a sense of, Oh, I just ought to. There is a place of doing things sometimes that we'd rather not do to get here early or to do this or to do that. But please, never do it out of a sense of whatever. Do it out of a sense of worship to Jesus. And it is okay uh, to say no. The other thing too that we need to safeguard ourselves uh, within the gifts of limitations is this. Is to is to put boundaries and set boundaries around people who are invasive, people that come along who um, who cause trouble, people who come along who just want their needs met, but have no intention of actually journeying their stuff with Jesus, and that happens, and uh, it is it is uh, a healthy church. Um, That is able to spot that, to see that, to realize that and to place in healthy boundaries um, that keeps their negative effect from spreading uh, towards other people and affecting other people. Another healthy way of setting limits is by knowing ourselves. Knowing our personality really helps. I would be slightly more extrovert than introvert as a person, and I'm fueled around being around people. I have a capacity to spend lots of time with people, which is wonderful, and I love that. It fuels me, but I know for those who are introverted that too much time with people, is like, oh man, get me out of here. Our dear friend Phil Shaw, <clears throat> um, those of you who know him well, you know that he was brilliant around people. Just love people. It's great fun to be around. But there were moments when Phil needed a head for the hills. (laughs) Phil for the hills. There you go. He, he, you know, and and it was like, I need to go and have a shower. That was always the best one, wasn't it? Or I need to just kind of, you know, I just need to go and chill out was the kind of thing. And basically that was language or that was code for, I need some time on my own. And that was knowing himself, knowing how he worked and, um, And that was just, again, good boundaries. I guess. Um, Other factors we need to consider are: you are spontaneous or creative? Are you uh, controlled or or orderly? Uh, Are you uh, easygoing or tense? Bold or sensitive? And they're just things to uh, to consider. And then the other thing is the season of your life. Season of your life. Those of you with young children, you will know how demanding that is. Uh, the, the effect of sleep deprivation and all that. Stuff, and that greatly affects your capacity to function and do other stuff in life. Those of you who start a business. You start a business, it is all in. You are all in at that moment. And you don't have a wider capacity for other things at that time. Um, other situations like your own health. Caring for a child uh, with greater needs or caring for an elderly parent. These are all factors and things that um, put a limitation on what you are able to do. I'm going to speed things up here. We'll cut that out. We'll cut that out. And we'll go there. I guess let's summarize then. Because I want to leave space. God has put... We need to embrace that this is a gift. To have boundaries in place. Or that we have limitations. If we go too hard at something it's not going to it's not going to be good. We go hard at life and you keep going hard at life you're going to crash. And it's a gift the sabbath. We're going to come onto that at some point the sabbath day. The the importance of rest will will be something that we will uh, talk about at some point. But the other thing too is this that God often comes through where we have our own limitations. Abraham and Sarah, they're pretty old. But it was God who came through on their own limitations. Moses was really old when he was tasked with bringing people to the promised land. And he had a speech impediment. And he had to communicate to all those people and so very often in our own weakness he comes through and it's it, his what is that his his love is made what is it perfect through our weakness that one his power is made perfect through weakness and that's 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 very often the way that it is too so receive this gift of limitations and be free and I'd encourage you to ponder this as you go away today. Is What aspects of your life is God asking you to cut back on? Is there stuff that you could say no to? Is there stuff actually that you need to set down for a while? What needs to change? What can you do about that? And what does God need to do about that? Because I fully appreciate, you know, you're, you're in a job That is just so demanding of your time, of your emotions. Is there something that you can do to change that? And if you can't, then what can God do to change that? We're going to apply that to lots of things as well. But we're running out of time. And I want to give space, I want to give some time this morning to allow God to to do what He wants to do. Would you guys come? Uh, We're going to worship just briefly and then we want to pray.